Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of How to Live the Podcast. We are Jess and Steph Dadon, and we are your hosts. We are your hosts. Um, and this week is actually super fun because we're OOO, which is out of office. We have gone to Sydney for the week for Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week Australia. And so we actually are here with Tubes. We've got a trade show that we're partaking in. We've got like this amazing pink booth. It's going to be really fun. Super excited. And my best friend, Jij, actually lives here. So we love coming to Sydney because we stay with him. We watch Game of Thrones with him. We have fun dinners with him. So it's going to be an awesome week and also we were online only with tubes up until late last year and then we went into david jones which is our first retail partner and it's been going super well thanks for asking and so we're going to be expanding into some more retailers hopefully sometime soon coming at you so this week on the podcast, we have the amazing Chica Keebor. She is, if you didn't know already, she's actually a former housewife of Melbourne on the TV show. We are very, very excited that we're having our very first Real Housewives guest, hoping that Bravo or one of the other housewives is going to hear Andy, are it. you listening? Are you listening, Andy? <laughs> um, but so in addition to that, she's also just an epic businesswoman. She has built this incredible events company, The Big Group, with her husband, Bruce. And we actually know Bruce really well. And these guys, like their catering is next level. Their event styling is amazing. And Chica has a huge hand in all of this. And together they've built this epic, amazing company alongside her being a housewife of Melbourne and alongside her doing all these other crazy things like creating Chica.com and basically being the Martha Stewart of Australia. So we were super excited to sit down and um, as just you'll hear in the episode calls it, it's life lessons with Chica because she has so many life lessons to share. Mm, so let's kick this one off. Stick around till the end. We'll be asking an audience member's question. Answering or... Oh, asking and then answering. Yes, we will. And we will also be telling you who's on next week. So enjoy. We'll be in Sydney and hopefully soaking up some sunrays. Welcome, Chica. Thank you both for having me. It's lovely to see you both. I know. We've known you for a long time, though, and I actually have a little thank you that I wanted to do for you today because recently I went and got my eyebrows feathered on your recommendation indirectly from Brow and Arrow. Love Are you just? The, is it not the greatest it, thing in the world? Look at our brows. You look beautiful. The, the brows Thank you. Thank you. Does it not just change your face? I know. I really love it. So I was there and I said to them, oh, Chica recommended it to my auntie, recommended it to me, so you have to thank her for the recommendation. <laughs> so you like got full credit. I love that. And you know what? There is. It's funny. I didn't realize how bad my brows were until a makeup artist said to me about four years ago, you need to do something. I went, really? I went and it just changed my life. Can I tell you, I can't get it done because I hate the scraping feeling on Put my face. Put in. Yeah, yeah, I tried that. I know, but it's, I just, I think I just have this thing, you know, like I'm quite good with like getting waxed and all of that, but there's just something about somebody How scraping at my that? eyebrows that I can't handle it. Yeah, I feel like you feel that way when, about when I go to the dentist. Like that's yeah. how I feel. I deal with the dentist. Yeah, I don't like the dentist. No. And yet I can cope with pain. So isn't it funny? Yeah, we all have our things. Yes, we do. Anyway, so that's why I have <laughs> We're bi- also women. bad eyebrows and you guys are just like totally showing me up in your brow game. You don't have bad brows. <laughs> it's okay. Makeup can fix it. <laughs> totally. <laughs> 
Um, so Chica, as I mentioned, we have known you for a very long time, you and Bruce. Um, so we're really excited to have you on the podcast today. But we realized when we were chatting about you coming on, we don't know much about you kind of pre seven years ago I want to say so we thought it could be a fun way to start if you kind of like tell us a bit about your childhood and a bit about like where you came from yeah we were like when we think about it Cheek is a bit of an enigma like we know so much about Cheek and now but we really we don't know where did it all come from yeah we want to know do you know it's really interesting so since I probably in the last seven or eight years I've actually been doing a lot of public speaking and I always talk about my childhood because to me it very much sums up who I am today and where I've you know a lot of the things that I've learned along the way and I think as you're growing up you take for granted the things that are in your life and then when you start telling the story back it suddenly makes sense so um, I grew up my father's English Mm -hmm. and my mother's Australian but with uh, Spanish ancestry and my father was um, in marketing for at the time CUB uh, which then became Foster's so he and mum spent nearly 10 months of every year traveling um, around the world doing all the different things they had to do at the time it was the 80s it was fosterizing the world they were literally on a plane I think my dad for Qantas was the number one uh, flyer for about five years because he was literally on a plane the whole time were you with them so well we were at school but my sister and I would meet up with them so we traveled a lot and met them and mum and dad based themselves in London so we kind of spent a lot of time there then they bought a place in Hawaii we use that as a base so I did have an amazing life in the fact that I was traveling a lot but I felt like I missed my parents, and but I had these great grandmothers, and they were the most important women in my life. They literally taught me so much. Dad's mother was on the stage um, at 14. She left home. She um, was living in Europe, and she went and joined a circus. So cool. she travelled wow. throughout Europe before between World War One and World War Two. And um, so, and then she had a daughter that was quite unwell, and she became a naturopath then. And they moved to Australia because Australia had the best doctors. So I grew up with this woman who would make, you know, wheat germ masks and was all about massage and meditating. And, you know, it was completely out of the norm for no one knew anything about that kind of thing. Totally. And she was just this very beautiful, kind, gentle woman. And, I learnt so much about um, humility from her. And then my other grandmother was the total homemaker. She taught me how to cut a rose at the right angle, how to set a table properly, how to, you know, fold your sheets, cook the perfect roast, make a gravy, all of those sorts of things. So that's where you got it from. That's where I got it from. And then my mother was an incredibly creative woman who was – always had a beautiful eye for decorating and style and she was always changing things around you know I'd come down and in the morning and the kitchen would have moved to the lounge room and like everything was always moving so oh my god I love then that. I learned that part of it so I did have three great women as my sort of example and then I suppose when I met Bruce that was just a natural thing to me and he came from a completely different family where the kitchen never moved and everything <laughs> was where it was meant to be so as most kitchens don't well that's right <laughs> do you know one morning I came downstairs and I'm like couldn't find my school shoes and my mother had actually decided to a bit of an installation on the roof she had hops and all kinds of things she got my school shoes and hammered them on the roof oh, so I had to yeah. go to school oh, and say sorry mum hammered my shoes on the roof and they didn't believe me yeah there's no way that's like the dog gave <laughs> my homework exactly so yeah I had a great childhood couldn't fault it loved it 
absolutely hated school, but I loved the social aspect of it. Um, we moved to Sydney when I was 15 and I thought my life was over. It was so not fair. Then, of course, I met the boy that I thought I was going to marry, which, you know, we were together for about five years. And I'd fly up to Sydney and he'd fly to Melbourne when we ended up moving back. And um, then I can't I, imagine Chica sounds Bruce. That's so can weird. Can you to imagine? There was another man no, before I know, Bruce. There was. And then I, um, mum and dad sort of encouraged me to go and live in London. I'd been working at the Australia Hotel doing an internship and they closed down. So they kind of got us all jobs wherever we wanted. So I went and worked at the Kensington Hotel for about 2.5 minutes when they realised I wasn't a secretary. <laughs> I, didn't even know, I don't even know how to type. What was the giveaway? Yeah, it was a typing skills. Okay. Which when they said, can you type this in three minutes? I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> I'm used to being in a kitchen. So I ended up going um, and working for Laura Ashley in Sloan, Square, in Sloan Street. Okay. And it was just after Laura Ashley had actually passed away. So it was the first time I'd ever seen a shop and in fact, I think it was the first shop where there was decorating that had materials and wallpapers and furnishings that all sort of tied back to a different theme. Mm-hmm. So these women would come and say to me, you know, I need to decorate my house in Saint-Tropez. What do you think? And I'd be like, this is amazing. I yeah. love it. And then I was also doing the Cordon Bleu course at the same time. So I did that for a year, came back to Melbourne. Obviously, the relationship didn't work and um, started working at Peter Rollins and I met Bruce. And the rest is history. So was Bruce also working at Peter Rollins then? Yes, he was doing his no, gap year. So he was doing his hospitality course. He went and did the gap year as Peter's assistant. I went and did the kitchen. So I was always behind the scenes. And then we constantly were thrown together to do jobs. And I remember one um, morning at about four o'clock in the morning, Peter Rowland rang home because, of course, it was before mobile phones. And he said, Chica, uh, where's Bruce? I need to speak to him urgently. One of the marquees is blown down. You both need to get down to, I think it was at Mount Martha. Um, it was a daytime wedding and everything had blown. All the flowers had you know, been crushed and we basically had to move the whole marquee to be set up for the lunchtime wedding. But all I could think of was, how did he know? Why did he ring me? How did he know that Bruce and I were together? So, um, <laughs> Was that yeah. not allowed? What was that? Was that not allowed? No, it was more that you think you're doing something that no one knows and you wonder then how the boss finds out. Totally. Yeah, well, let yeah. me tell you, you do actually find out a lot of things about, you know, the people that work with you. But um, Yeah, you think I, you're being so subtle Yeah, you think you're so secretive. Like, no, it's so obvious yeah, to everyone else. Exactly. And then um, I think from that experience, I have to honestly say, I think Bruce and I both learn that anything's possible because what that job showed me was that, yes, the marquee blew down and we had to actually leave it crumpled in the corner and stripped the whole house. Graham Geddes came and stripped out all the furniture. All the um, tables then moved, new cloths, new everything were done, but we made it happen. So it was just that incredible moment where everyone came together just to make sure this wedding went off without a hitch. And um, that's when Bruce and I were like, let's start our own business. So from that experience, Bruce and I realised that literally you can do anything. It's all about the way you handle it, the people the, you work with, the way you actually um, you know, see the scenario. And it was a massive learning curve for both Bruce and I. And we then both decided that we wanted to set up our own business and we thought it would be a great opportunity for us to make a bit of money and then go and travel. So we sort of started doing some work for – actually, Bruce started at A for advertising agencies because we knew that they would be really open open to um, a young company and would be 
more interested in taking us on than perhaps a more sort of, you know, banking style firm. And so we literally started working for all the different advertising agencies and I was the cook and Bruce was the waiter and we would get (laughs) up at 4.30 every morning, go to the market and literally we used my mum's kitchen to cook. And every day we did a boardroom lunch and then we got a cocktail party, then we got dinners. And I remember um, one day we had two boardroom lunches on the same day and we were like, what are we going to do? And we were in a little shop in Hawkesbury and there was a girl working and it was at a food shop and she heard Bruce and I talking and she said, my husband's actually a professional waiter. If you need help, he can come and help you. Well, he stayed with us for 16 years. Oh, my God. So um, that's how the business really began. And, and isn't it amazing how you can't plan for those things? Like these no. things just pop up along the way that you could have never possibly planned for. I, I can honestly tell you hand on heart, I never thought about where we were going or what we were doing. Bruce will say, yes, he did have a plan and that he knew exactly what was happening. But in my world, no, I just had, I just thought, I don't know, we're just doing our thing. We were having fun, meeting interesting people. I felt really honoured and privileged when we were, you know, we're doing weddings for people and um, being a part of really special moments in people's lives. So Southgate was the first massive job. So that was 6,000 people. And we literally had Bruce's mum on the sewing machine making 650 black and white polka dot cravats for the staff. Oh my. We had aprons printed and business cards made because we thought this is it. This is the, you know, the start of and the... Was and, it, we, and was it the big group then? And it was big and small. Ah. Oh. Uh, I Big love parties that. and small parties. And that night was just a massive success. Bruce was all about the detail. He wanted to make sure how do you feed 6,000 people, making sure that everyone yeah. gets food. So we sort of did these six food areas, which were our kitchens. We did food that we knew we could get out. Anyway, it was a massive success and the phone rang and that was basically the was real it. beginning of the big group. How did you go from, you know, not really having done that before to doing that for 6,000 people? Like I was expecting that story to end and it was a disaster no. and we thought we were going out of business. It was all about the planning. It was all about making sure that everything that we did, that every um, staff member knew exactly where they were working, who their team was, where they were only going to operate from. It was making sure that we had the right amount of food in each area and just watching what was happening the whole time which is where Bruce is incredible he's all about the big picture I'm all about the detail I wanted to make sure the platters all looked beautiful and that everything looked fresh and you know that was sort of my area which is then when I decided that food really wasn't where I wanted to be I wanted to the decor and we realized sort of it was the early 90s and there weren't like what there is now people doing incredible styling and yeah we would go to people like Harry the Hirer to hire the chairs and tables, but no one was doing cloths that were a little bit different that tied back to the theme of the wedding, to the invitations, to the way the staff were looking. So that's when we set up um, our first decorating business called Flowers Decoration and Design. Okay. And so I used to do all the flowers. I used to go and get all the candelabras made, sewing, um, tablecloths, all that kind of fun stuff. And um, I think that's how our business became different to what everyone else was doing because we really tried to make sure that it there was like the synergy between all of the um, yeah. different aspects of entertaining. It wasn't just catering. You were, you guys were really going above and beyond exactly. from the very beginning. Exactly. And I love that you guys were so ambitious in that. Like what, what drove that? We you guys... didn't know we were being ambitious. Like yeah. honestly, we were just doing what we thought then was a hole in the market. And, yeah. you know, when we got married and did our own wedding, which, you know, we were – we knew what our did vision was. Did you do was. your own wedding? We did our own no wedding. Way. And it was beautiful. And it was in Vogue Brides. It was in Mode, which is okay. a magazine you probably don't even remember. <laughs> it was There was like a big double page spread in the Herald Sun because at that time they used to do all the big you know, social things. And so we got a lot of publicity and we were incredibly lucky that the magazines supported us. We also had a food shop called Provencal, oh. which was underneath where we lived, which is that corner building on the corner of Beatty Avenue and Mulvern Road. Oh, yeah, that's a good oh, area. I've totally forgotten what it's called now. 
Now it is. Um, oh. It's a little f- cute cafe. I've forgotten. And it's funny. I find it hard to the go in there. The one on the corner of Beatty Avenue. Yes. Yes. Mammoth. 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 That's yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. right. So we had that. That's where we started. We had the shop underneath and Bruce and I lived upstairs. And we used to call it our little slice of cake. And then... Because it looks like it's a, a little slice of cake. That's very cute. And we <laughs> loved it. And Vogue came and did this whole story on our, you know, living area. It literally was not even as big as this room that we're in. And it was just very cute. And we were so happy. We were 23. We literally worked seven days a week. Oh, my we God. You guys loved. were so young. We were so young. And... Um, but we just did what we had to do. And then, of course, yes, I found out I was pregnant a year later, which was not planned. <laughs> hey, Chessie. Hey, Chess. Shout out. Best thing in the world. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's like everything. You just have to make it work. So we then moved out of the um, building. We turned that part into our offices. We moved. Um, we rented an apartment in Turak and just kept on going. And then across the road from us, there was a racing car driver called Alan Moffat and he had a great big warehouse where he kept all his racing cars. So that's where Flowers Decoration and Design moved to. And then I had this baby and work and it was just like this, what are we doing? And literally Chessie went into daycare at 10 weeks of age. So let me tell you, guilt oh factor at a level you couldn't possibly imagine. I love that because I always say I don't want to have kids because like I just don't want to, you know, give up my life. But There's no right time and you know what, you just make it work. Yeah. And it's funny because... The thing I think, if I had a regret in my life, it's the fact that they both went into daycare at such young ages. But for Bruce and I, that was our life. And it was only after speaking to someone who said to me, you do realise that's the only life they know. And they used to come to jobs and help put chair covers on and tie ribbons on serviettes and front of the television and they got dragged around to everything. And that was their reality. And I look at them both now as these two incredibly independent, you know, amazing people doing their thing living overseas. And I know it's because of the life that we gave them. Definitely. sure. And And being incredible role models for them, you know, like how amazing that in the 90s, Chessie was able to grow up with a mother that was like a badass boss and really like pursuing all of her dreams. That's that's really rare. And yet at the time, I did not feel that way. I used to drop Chessie at school and I remember this mother once saying to me, oh, how lovely that you've made the effort. And I thought, oh my God, um, you have no idea what I'm juggling here. And I would love to be at drop-off every day. Totally. And I would love not to be getting my dollar fine because I'm after six o'clock every day, you know, at after school care. But They fine you? A they dollar. fine you a dollar a minute. <laughs> No way. Yes, they do. Yes, and you feel that really is a guilty. a money-making scheme. Because your child sits there as the last child, and you're like, I'm so sorry. Aww. But you know what? Life is all about, you know, good things and bad things. And I'm, the thing I do talk about a lot is failure is what you learn the most from. So yeah. even though I don't think what I did was failing, I did feel bad about it at the time. Mm-hmm. But it was when both Chess said, or she sent me a little message, and she said, I just want you to know, I get it, Mum. I totally understand now everything that you did, and thank you. And I was like, oh, that's all I need in my life to make me yeah, that's you know, special. Totally. let go of some of that guilt. Yeah, and I love, like, you guys are so on social media. I love seeing, like, your mother-daughter relationship. I feel oh, like it's so special. They are the most. so nice to see. Bruce, Jesse, and BJ are the most important things in my life, my world. I will kill and fight for those three. I And I should include the puppy, Otto. Oh, obviously um, the puppy gets in there. Totally, like, they're my greatest joy and I'm so proud. Okay. So speaking of the family, we were really keen to hear what they thought when you did get onto Housewives. What did they think of that? Well, when I was approached to go on Housewives, they actually asked me if I would go on this new show. It was all about, you know, in seven um, interesting women who all work, who are inspiring and their friendship. 
And that's what I thought I was going on. No. And so when, no, wait, no they, mention of Real Housewives. No, it was called Real Housewives, but they were going to do it with, you know, that was and the Australian you, version. Okay. Had you watched Real Housewives before? Yes, I had. Yeah, okay. And I, knew, I did know what I was walking into. Yeah. But I did actually sit down at work and ask everyone if they were happy with, you know, the concept of me going on because obviously the big group had to be included. I sat down with Chessie and BJ and said, are you happy? Because they were both at school and I really wanted to make sure that, you know, it wasn't going to impact on their life too much. And you don't know. Like, honestly, we had no idea. And I said, too, that if anything happens, we need to talk about it, we need to be across it, all the rest of it. So everyone was for it. And I... Look, I had the most incredible three years on the show. At 45, I did not imagine I would ever be doing a television show like that. Yeah. I didn't realise or think it would be as successful as it was. And particularly in America, it was really successful. Which I, is amazing. Which is incredible. Yeah, yeah, it's like the only Australian show to have ever cracked. Exactly. Totally. And I learned a lot about myself. I thought I didn't realise I was as strong as I was because in um, Bruce's and my life, he was always the front of house person. He was the person that, yeah. you know, was the per- – I suppose everyone resonated with our business and I was behind the scenes. I was setting up and doing the things and no one ever really knew who I was. So for me to then put myself in that situation was kind of a bit strange but I actually really enjoyed it. And, you know, to this day, I made the most amazing friends with the crew and um, the producers who I just really resonated with. I thought they were fantastic. And a few of the girls are friends. Mm-hmm. Some of them aren't. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we went on this ride together. And I suppose I'll always have a love for all of them because we did it. And, um, you know, I know that it's allowed me to do the things I'm doing now because without it, I wouldn't have um, got the profile from it. And was that... Was that a conscious decision? So you said you, you were behind the scenes up until this point. You were 45 years old. Did you say, okay, cool, I want to be a little bit more the yes. face of our business now? Well, I really knew that I wanted to, because I'd already done four years on Good Morning Australia, mm-hmm. doing my weekly segment on entertaining and decorating and design. And I'd done a lot for magazines, that kind of thing. So people did know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. But I knew that I wanted to go the next step. And I always wanted to do a book and I wanted to do life, um, sorry, homewares and all the rest of it. So that is now all happening. And it's a result of the show because totally. people are more interested and what I've realized too now is at the nearly uh, grand age of 50 is that in the whole social media world where girls look at the two of you because you're that age group you were sort of in it when it was starting and Chessie as well my age group have taken a little bit longer to get onto it and so therefore when there's someone like me doing what I'm doing they like it because there's you know everyone else is so much younger so I feel like For I'm sure. a sort of no I, I don't know how to like describe it properly the queen of social media like oh. I look at your engagement and you have hundreds of comments on your posts they are so engaged they are so enthralled with what you're doing they you know they want to be a part of that and Which I, think I love that, yeah, yeah and I it's think the what conversation done, yeah it's pretty incredible like how have you kind of done that is that something you've done on your own have you hired someone to no, help I've you I've done with it on it? my own Look, obviously have someone help me when yeah, I'm doing yeah. paid posts and things like that but the strategy behind but it but no I answer everybody and um, I feel that if someone else if someone's asking me a question it's my right well, I have to answer them because if I was having a conversation with them on the street I would and I get so many private messages and I really try and do my best to answer everybody and give them what they want sometimes I find it frustrating though because you see you read something and then you want to go back to respond and it's disappeared and then I feel like oh my god that's because you have so many hundreds of comments (laughs) you can't find them I can't find them problem to have so if anyone hears me and I haven't responded that's the reason (laughs) but I really genuinely feel very um I feel really lucky that people 
trust me to ask the, some of the questions that they do and ask for my advice because I never ever thought that I would be that person and yeah. it makes me feel really I don't know I, f- I really like it and you know now with the book and doing signings the number of people that come up and sort of say how did you work with your husband or how did you go back to work and not feel guilty with your children or how did you do the balance and I sort of say well I didn't think about it and I know everyone talks about everything so much more now and I suppose that's why people want to know how to make it easier for themselves but for me it was just something I did and um, so if if I can help I'm really happy to share that's amazing and so so was there a point in Housewives that you kind of got to where you were like okay this is enough like I guess you know coming from from our experience we definitely you know we launched this blog and people start wanted to start working with us and we got like so caught up and it kind of like snowballed and snowballed and then probably I think a year and a half into it we were like hang on you know are these the brands that we want to align with does the jobs that we're doing really align with our goals and like where we see ourselves in three years in five years you know and we kind of had to say start saying no to things and like which is very hard yeah Yeah. which is super hard so how was that for you and what what did that look like well for um I always knew I'd only ever do three years of housewives because to me that was about all I could commit to because it is a massive invasion of privacy and also just so seriously time consuming okay can we just like talk about that for a second because we are huge housewives fans (laughs) like we watch every single housewives franchise religiously love it love it love it and we just like can't wait to hear about we want to hear you know what goes on behind the scenes is it actually real it is all real and it's and it's funny how many people think it's scripted but it's actually not scripted so how it works is they start the season and they ask all of us individually what is going on in our life in the period that we're filming and if there are things in that story or in what's going on if that can turn that into a story so I might have said uh we're launching a new venue um Chessie's going to university and then so they start filming you separately doing all those things with your family but then you're talking and then there's conversation and there might be a dinner that we're having as a group and they've obviously we're all mic'd up and they might hear Jackie and I talking about you know something that's going on in Jackie's life and they'll say actually that's a great conversation can we pick that up and turn that into you and her Jack's having a coffee and then let's elaborate then so will they pause while you're out at dinner and someone runs over and so, says, yes. can, Chica, can you talk about that a bit more? Yes, that's exactly right. So it doesn't right. feel real to you, really? Like, well, it's a conversation you're already having, so yeah. it's just yeah. sort of then, I suppose, asking more questions. But also, too, when you're filming, you're in a bubble, so no one knows what else is going on. So the conversations to everything becomes far more amplified. So, you know, they'd say to me sometimes, oh, such and such is saying this about you, how do you feel? And I'd say, whatever. And they go, no, but you must have an opinion. You must Oh, yeah, like feel, really pushing you for it. Really want you to have yeah. an motion for it then they want you to turn around and say how dare you you know say this about me and sometimes things are said and you think when did that happen like I don't remember that but they are listening to you the whole time so even you know sometimes we'd all cover our mics up just to be able to say one thing oh I love it when a housewife rips her mic off that's yeah, my favourite. And you just see like their mouthing. Shannon like, Bedore style. I yeah. love it. It's the best. So sometimes though, there was one housewife in particular, you'd be, you know, sitting around like this chatting and before the um, camera started and then they'd say, okay, we're going to start. And then all of a sudden she'd start crying and you'd be going, well, hang on, what? Yeah. We were just having a chat about what's going on in your life and now you're crying because she'd worked out that if she cried, the camera would be on her and then she'd get a bigger storyline. Oh, oh, so it was... 
But like how... Some people are quite manipulative. Like what a bizarre situation for you to be in as well. You know, like you're just this lovely, genuine, (laughs) bubbly person and then like being put in these scenarios where... I nearly died with the language, I have to say. And I'm not a nana, but sometimes what they'd say and the way they'd speak to each other, I'd think, I just... What? You can't speak like that. Totally. I've never spoken to people like that. I've never had fights with friends in my real life. So I found that to be quite... (laughs) Extraordinary. I'd go home at night and say to Bruce, well, this happened, that happened, da 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 So, yeah, it was um, another world. And did you worry about what that was going to do for your personal brand? Like, you thought you were going on to one show and you got there and it was, you realised it was all about girls, drama. women fighting with each other. Yeah, they were thriving off the drama. Well, I knew that I could hold myself together. The thing that annoyed me well, the most... Well, you did a good job. Well, yeah. I used to get very frustrated when people would say, you're, you're a fence sitter. And I'd say, I- I'm actually not a fence sitter. But in my real life, if you two were having a disagreement, I wouldn't even get myself involved because it's about you two. You've got your own relationship. And they'd be wanting us to constantly put in um, our five cents worth. I didn't feel and I would never interfere because I think there's enough going on in all our lives to not get involved in everyone else's drama. If I'm in the drama, that's a different situation. But no. So I think it was... um, I didn't feel it was bad for my brand, but I knew it was time to leave because it started getting to a point where it got really bitchy and nasty and got very personal. And that is 100% not me. I'm yeah. all about women, supporting women, helping women. And when it becomes a backstabbing feast, not for me. Well, isn't that funny that it's almost like, you know, as you mentioned, like people saying, oh, your response isn't real, you're offensive. But it's like, you're almost, no, I am real. That's why I'm not getting caught up in Correct. this petty crap because yeah. it's, it's for the cameras and I'm not for that. Like exactly. this girl is crying for no reason. I'm not going to engage in that. And, and I just would sit there and go, seriously, like who's got time? I also didn't understand how women could speak to each other when they say they all had their own businesses because you know we had worked uh, Bruce and I had worked so hard to build our brand up there was no way I was going to do anything to um, ruin that and um, I ruined that ruined my marriage and ruined my children so mm-hmm. I was very protective of all of that so yeah, I was very aware of everything that was going on and I certainly didn't um, I don't think I did anything that I regret yeah yeah so I think we're really interested because of where we're at, at our, with our brand at the moment. And, you know, we kind of got pigeonholed as these girls who were really crazy and colourful. There was a period where we couldn't even wear black because people would be like, well, you don't wear black. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Like, you're the girls who wear colour. You're the girls who are so out there. And, and you know, we, we turn around and we're like, wait, this isn't even our style. This isn't where we want to be going with our careers. And I think, you know, since you've come out of Housewives, I'm sure that that label, Real Housewife of Melbourne, was on you. Absolutely. How do you kind of shed that? I think what you said before about saying no, it yeah. is, and it's, that's actually where I'm at right now because I felt I had to say yes to everything. Mm. And, and I'm was, sure you had an, some amazing opportunities come up out of Housewives. Incredible opportunities, but not everything was right for me. Mm. And I think when you actually give yourself the chance, and you, you do get caught up in it all because it's exciting and you think, oh, this brand wants to work with me, I, I feel so honoured, isn't that wonderful? But if I really then sat back and think, thought about who I am and where I want to go and where I want to take my cheeka.com to some of it wasn't necessarily right so saying no has been really really hard um i think that you just have to be strategic and it's great that you two have each other because you can bounce everything off one another and Mm -hmm. you know you probably sometimes have differing opinions and that's actually great too because that makes a better you know i I think you get a better result that way so i think the word no which is my new word for 2019 love Love that that. yeah bring it on i say we'll adopt it as well yeah good girl no No, let's start right now. (laughs) 
So in terms of kind of where you've taken your brand, I guess, since leaving Housewives, we like to refer to you as Martha Stewart Sam's Jail. <laughs> um, but so you really are like Australia's, you know, favorite homemaker. Um, so was it like super strategic? Did you like lay out a plan and you're like, right, Housewives is over. This is like, this is what I'm going to do now. Or well, I always knew this is the world I wanted to be in because it's genuinely my world it is what I do it is what I live it's what I breathe like I am at home folding sheets to make the linen press perfect and oh we've I been always... to your house oh my god you've <laughs> seen your color-coded bookshelf so you know your true. house is crazy it's like real. each room kind of has a theme or I don't know if that was just for the day no, we were there it is incredible it's my love and passion and I absolutely do get caught up in the sort of detail of everything and I really enjoy it and you know I feel that in life uh we're all leading such busy lives that the home has to be this special place so Yes, that is exactly what I wanted to do. I um, also knew that there was a hole in the market because there's lots of people who are stylists, there's lots of people who are interior decorators, a lot of renovators, but there's no one sort of saying to people that it's okay to use what you already have yourself mm-hmm. and then maybe introduce something fun and cheerful that you might get at Kmart or Ikea. It doesn't have to cost a fortune, yeah. but have fun with it. And just because you bought one pink couch, it doesn't mean that you don't have the opportunity come winter to throw on you know some other colors and have fun with it for that season and then put them away yeah. in case so, you're wondering everything in this office is going to be pink when i got i just love with it. any other colors yeah we, we just can't get enough of the pink it's actually the perfect pink too i have to it's say it's a great yeah. pink, i just isn't it? i love it's a really good pink. it's funny because i nearly wore that color dress today so no if i'd come in oh, that would <laughs> you would have lost me <laughs> um so yeah i really um had someone help me actually it was a girlfriend a really good friend of mine um she's a really smart woman and she sat down with me and she said okay I'm looking at your social media I'm looking at um the engagement you get what people are asking you have you thought about doing a a blog and I was like no I hadn't but I think that's something I would love to do so that's where it all began Mm -hmm. and then um it's funny because I don't look at myself as a fashion person but I'm constantly getting asked about fashion and where people mm, should get things from. I was just complimenting from. you on your outfit before you said it's Lee and Matthews. I, and I asked about your shoes as I, well. And yet I just have always been that person that dresses. I love jewellery and, you know, putting on fun things Yeah, to, well, you've got great style, so it kind of, you know, it filters down into your fashion as and well. And yet it's not what I've ever considered to me to be about. Um, so really I have, um, yes, been strategic and I have a really great group of people around me now who um, help me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we have to have too, if you can, if you can. And I think you have to be open to listening to what advice you're given because sometimes you're so stuck with where you think you need to be and other people see you in different lights. And I like the thought now that I can be more open to other opinions and other ideas. Yeah, and I think, you know, you mentioned like this was always you, you were always doing this. And I think that that's really a huge part of your success is attributed to the fact that this is just genuinely mm, you. You're being so, so genuine about it. Genuine. You didn't really have to push to rebrand yourself because you were just trying to put out what what you actually are and what you actually do exactly and I am the girl that's half glass half full not half empty and I remember Chessie one day saying to me you know mum you wake up in the morning and it's butterflies and rainbows and I do I'm <laughs> always that person and she was not I love that. that she was yeah. maybe the other end <laughs> and I've actually learned a lot from her because she taught me that not everyone is like me and um we have to all adjust and work with each other and, and accept all those things too. So I I actually think in the last five to ten years I've learnt more about everything than the 40 years before that, which is interesting. That's really interesting. And I'm really in a reflective state now because I turn 50 next week and I've thought a lot about a whole lot of things and what's happened particularly in the last 10 years since my 40th and it's kind of nice to be able to stop and do that and 
you know, take it all in, good and bad. Totally, because I think we just like go through life and we get so caught up in the day-to-day of everything. So it is really nice to be able to just step back celebrate you know like what a decade it's been for yeah, you it's been amazing do you feel like you know chica 10 years ago or even you know when you were 25 did you ever think you'd be here where you are today I can honestly tell you no I didn't I really didn't I had no idea and yet I'm really I love where I am at right now I love that um you know I love that my kids are both on the other side of the world doing their thing I love that Bruce and I it's just about us at the moment which is really nice because he's the man I married and we've both had this incredible journey together and obviously separately and I think that I'm excited to see what the next 10 years bring and we've got so many wonderful plans together to do so I don't know I think the one thing I would say to anybody is you have to also remember the person that you're with as well and give them the time and space because otherwise you can turn around and get a bit self-absorbed totally. and then go sorry who are you again well yeah. especially you must be so busy it's like really busy. well you both must be no, we so are. busy and we're like, busy both doing such different things yeah so you know that's why i'm actually time- having that with my boyfriend at the moment i had to sit him down like two days ago and say you're so busy i'm so busy i think like it, we need to make a little bit of time because otherwise i just like i can see i would blink and it would be 10 years later and we would both just have our heads in our laptops and i think the other thing too is you have to say that you respect his busy and he needs to respect your busy because sometimes i think bruce looks at my busy and thinks oh my god well you're you might think what you're doing is busy but actually what i'm doing is busier yeah. oh, my and boyfriend and i have that argument all the time exactly and it's it's totally relative to what's going on in your totally. life and i always say that the person that runs a milk bar is just as stressed as the guy that runs um a, a bank 100%. you know there's no so way of saying that because one person has a small business and someone's running a big but there's any you know one's bigger or better so definitely it's just i suppose stopping and how was your day yeah what did you do today well yeah. so my boyfriend and i actually had our seven year anniversary on monday congratulations thank you we remembered on sunday and we ended up Neither of us had any time to do anything because we were launching the How to Live store and he's got so much going on at the moment. We ended up both sitting at our kitchen table opposite each other working until 10.30 at night and I turned around to him and I was like, that's forever how we're going to remember spending our seven-year anniversary was working at the kitchen table. So therefore, you need to put that in your diary as a... Thing, as a yearly thing and then you need to block it out yeah. yeah you have to block it's funny I just said to Bruce he's doing something for my birthday I don't know what it is and he's just blocked out three days in my diary and I don't know what's happening mm-hmm. but I now know that something is happening I can't do anything in there yeah. and I've got to let it go yeah that's but the good thought planning. process even if you all, all you've done is gone for a walk and went to a bar and had a drink exactly that would have been something that would have being special so you have to make you know it's like Christmas when everyone says it's so busy and they haven't got time to decorate the house or buy presents we all know it's happening yeah we all have a year to plan for it so you've got to make time yeah so I feel like that we've gotten so many good little tidbits like we should call this episode life lessons by Chica (laughs) um and I want to ask you like so do you have any like mantras that you live by whether it be personal or like even like style yeah I can tell because you're like I'm glass half full and you're like saying all these amazing things so well, get I, us I guess, some. so my new favorite one is perfectly imperfect so do the cool. best you possibly can nothing is ever perfect I like that. and in fact I like imperfection more than I like perfection and I think a lot of people think that I'm obsessed with or I'm obsessed with order order is actually what keeps me going so I will walk out of our house with the dishwasher on the washing machine it's ready for a vogue shoot I like everything to always be neat and tidy and organized mm-hmm. that's my perfection but my perfectly imperfect is um you know uh the 
a beautiful old wooden table that's got a scratch on it or the fact that I'm not the right weight that I want to be or any of those things, just accepting those things. Yeah. And my other favourite quote is you can have everything you want in life but not at the same time. So you can have... That's Everything so you want, I know, I love but that. it doesn't all really happen at the like time that. you want it to happen. So, you know, the number of girls, like I've got friends who have said, oh, I wanted to get pregnant, but I don't know when the right time is. There is no right time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just do it and you will make it work. Yeah. So, you know, all of those things that you want in life. And even for me now at 50, I feel like I'm having a second, third career. Totally. And who would have thought? Well, yeah. and that's the thing. You can't even plan for, you know, you can't plan for these things. You no. would have had no, if you were sitting there like, why aren't I on the housewives for five years? Like, you know, you could have never imagined that that was going to happen. You never. Kind of, and I feel like that's your whole story. Things just kind of fell into your lap. I'm amazed that you guys, you know, you weren't worried. You weren't like, oh no, where, you know, what's the next step? Where are we going to go with our business? How are we going to turn it into what it is now? You just kind of took it day by day. And now look at this incredible business, multiple businesses that you've built. I think the thing that's strange though now is when we did it, there was no computer, there was no mobile phone, there was no internet, there was no social media. There were fax machines. It was different. There was fax machines, exactly. You'd sit by the fax waiting for a quote to come through. Whereas now it's different. And the one thing I've noticed, and I really love it actually, is the number of young girls that will message me and say, will you mentor me? Because they don't want to make mistakes. They want to learn how to do everything And I think that's because of social media. Like, you know, people feel so much pressure because of social media. And I love that you guys didn't feel pressure and no. I think that people need to be like that more pressure now. to deal with paying bills and you know the client that wouldn't pay on time and you still have to pay the food you know the totally green and all the rest of it yeah there's enough to worry about exactly but I think that it's okay to also not get it right as well and we don't live in a perfect world and to run your own business as you both know you need to make the mistakes yeah and the mistakes are what you learn from so mm-hmm. um if it's perfect all the way through you learn nothing totally so we're constantly your- making mistakes Good. and we always just turn to each other and we say we're learning. You yeah, know, the that's, learning that's experience. the takeaway. You just can't make the same mistake twice. Yeah, like the camera that got stolen from our car this morning. Exactly. It's our learning. That's a that learning experience. experience. That was exactly. Lock the door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Stephanie, you hear that? Lock the door. Got it. Don't have to rub it in. So yeah. is there a mistake that stands out to you in in building uh, your business? Look, you know, there's. I can't say that one dramatic thing happened. It would have been maybe not getting prepayments for jobs and then clients not paying. Mm-hmm. It could be um, not putting in paper a creative idea and somebody else then taking it because you've sat and talked about it in a meeting. Um, you know, there's yeah. been many things like that. I think the um, mistake I made was being really tough on myself and not allowing myself to... Um, and I, I keep going back to the mother thing because that was really a huge thing in my life because I didn't have friends with children at the time because we were young parents. My friends were all still out, you know, dancing on tables. But um, oh, I've seen you dancing on a I, table I, in Nick and I. I, I dance know on you tables, still don't dance you worry. on table. <laughs> Motherhood didn't stop you from that one. <laughs> it's even better dancing on tables with your children. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's just the whole um, letting myself and being nicer to myself. That's probably the thing I've was the meanest about and now I'm trying to be nicer about. And are you now? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and I am. Yeah. And I talk about everything and I think that's where women are great too. We'll have a cry, we'll tell – like I walked into the gym the other day and I was doing my squats and I said to my trainer, <laughs> I think I'm going to cry. She goes, you're fine, keep going. I said, no, I really think I'm about to lose it. And I went, bush, I don't even know what set me off. And um, I'm like talking to her and she goes, okay, just be nice to yourself. It's okay, you're allowed to feel that way. And I like that women are really good at doing that. A guy wouldn't do that. A guy no, wouldn't 100%. Be, if I had a male trainer, he would have just gone – do you want to go? Do you 
want to yeah, go home now? Like these crazy women, <laughs> what are they all doing? <laughs> all the guys should leave. Yeah, exactly. So no, um, yeah, be nicer. I love it when you talk about though the mistakes that nothing like, you know, stands out to you in terms of like, oh, well, we lost that job or, oh, this event didn't like go as well as I wanted it to because those are the things that like every day feel like huge weights. Like I know in our business, like, you know, if we like lose like a retailer that we were really keen on or like, you know, a podcast interview falls through or something, we can really beat ourselves up about it. But it's so comforting to know that like, you know, when you're looking back on like, you know, what you called before your dash, was it? Yes, um, the, dash. The, the time between when you're born and when you die, yes. you know, those aren't the things that stand out. And so like, just don't sweat the small don't stuff. Don't sweat the small stuff. And also too, I think it's important to work out why you lost the, um, why something fell through or why it didn't happen. Because that's okay too. You've got to understand the situation and why it happened. But tomorrow's another day. And yeah. you have to move on. Otherwise, all you're doing is sitting in the past. And look, don't get me wrong. There's been many things that Bruce and I have felt really disappointed about missing out on or things not going the way we wanted them to or being disappointed by staff that have turned around and left us or done certain things. But at the end of the day, you can't always change that. You learn from it and you move forward. And I think that... Um, you know, you need all of that to make your life an interesting one. Otherwise, it's boring. And I'm all about a journey. I love a journey. Mm. Follow your passion. Follow what you love. And I think also, too, it's a treat as you get older to have the time. Like, my dream is to be a botanical drawer. And all I want is the time to sit and learn how to do it properly. What's a botanical drawer? You know, botanical drawings. Flowers. Like gardens? Yeah. Oh, wow. No, but like, you know, like Drawing them. Yeah, I want yeah. to be able to be a really good... Like with watercolour? With pencil first and then watercolour. Okay. Are Just you an myself. artist in general? No. Oh, But wow. I want That's to be... I want to learn how to... Like, I love flowers so much. I want to learn how to draw them and take what I see and put it on paper. That's mm, my dream. I see that for you. That yeah. could be like fourth career. That could be... <laughs> you know, in another 20 them. years. Yeah, you'll but be you like never know. sitting you by never it. say never. Yeah, yeah, sitting by like a lake somewhere painting. Oh, it's my dream. I know, that yeah, sounds beautiful. Yeah, it sounds beautiful. I did a photo shoot on Monday in a peony rose field. It was six acres of the most incredible peony roses. Wow. wow. And I just was looking at these flowers, which is my favourite flower, just going, I just... I, I want you to stay like this forever. How do I <laughs> capture this? They're just beautiful. Yeah. That's so cool. I know. I love that. <laughs> That's my whimsical side. So before we wrap up, we have some quick fire questions for you. Are you okay. happy for us to just love, love a shoot them fire. out there? So number one is, what are your three tips to throwing an epic party? You have to have a great group of friends coming because it's the mix of people that make a party. You need to have um, enough alcohol because that's really what everyone wants. Turn the lights off and have good music. Okay, okay can four. I add? That's four, but can I add a fifth one? Big groups, chicken, pillow, sandwiches. The best ever. Wait, so I I wanted to ask you before because you said you were cooking for big group. Did you invent chicken pillows? I may know the recipe really, really well along with our chocolate brownie recipe. Okay. Chocolate brownie. So we don't eat meat. We used to eat meat, which is why we know the amazing sandwiches. And so we wanted to just put in a little request today if there could be some sort of vegetarian alternative because those are like on my top five things that I miss in my life since stopping eating meat. That's a challenge. Okay. So next question. Could you ever imagine yourself becoming vegan? Absolutely not. (laughs) <laughs> we didn't think so. <laughs> I love meat. Yeah, yeah, we thought of you as a big meat eater. That's Actually, we I we love fish. It. Like, we eat a lot of fish and chicken. But, like, once in a while, oh, my God, a fillet of beef, yes, please. That's yeah. really interesting because I feel like, you know, there are so many people we know now that would have said the exact – answered in the exact same way, would have never become vegetarian or vegan, and now they are full vegan. So I feel like in, like – let's talk again in 10 years. When okay. it's coming up to your 60th, we'll chat this. again. Remember that we'll comment. See. Okay. 
Um, where is your favorite place to go for dinner in Melbourne? I think Distazio. Brucey oh, and I wow. love a little quick run into Distazio, a Negroni, oh, and nice. whatever the pasta of the day is. We always just we always see someone we haven't seen for ages. Oh yeah, and it's our favorite place. Yeah, they have Distazio great eggplant parmigiana. Yes, well they that. do. Um, how many <laughs> pairs of shoes do you own? Mm, a lot. Like, I reckon about 500. <gasps> 500? Yeah. No. Yeah. I've got a lot of shoes. <laughs> I on, on every level, from, you know, heels to runners to um, sandals. Yep, yeah, no. And what does the shoe wardrobe look like? Colour coordinated. It's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, that's that what I wanted the answer to I don't be. remember seeing that. Yes, it was. Because I actually, when we had, that was our old family home. So I actually moved BJ out of his bedroom and turned that into a dressing room. Oh my and God. all the shelves were open with the shoes. And I, Was that for housewives? No, no, it was for myself. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> but they did show it a lot. Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. I'm all about colour coding and seeing what you've got. Otherwise, you don't wear it. Well, and how do you choose every day what pair of shoes to Depends wear? what's what's happening see how, where you're yeah, at yeah like do you stick to 10 or do you actually like wear that many stick to 10 as like in like 10 you know the- if you're in like this month did you just like mainly stick to oh, like I, a top do you six? know what sometimes i will wear four or five outfits a day because i'll have gone to the gym then i'll go to do a shoot then i might go and have to do a talk then i so oh i actually God. every day put night put my clothes out for the next day so with all the jewelry shoes bags the whole thing have it I all lined up that. ready That's to go so good so i wear a lot of my clothes a lot i wear clothes like ridiculous okay how long does it take you to lay it all out every night oh i don't know i'm pretty good with where i'm going with my head so i don't know half an hour 45 oh that's so good to put but that even time if i've got out. nothing on i will put my gym gear out so that it's ready that's to go good. Well, i'm not a morning person so i've actually started doing that since we've been in the office every day because like i get up and i don't know what i want to wear and it's too it hard yeah exactly like if i've done it the night before it's quick and then i can just get up put my clothes on and go i love that exactly good one okay last question for you if you could put on an event for anyone in the world, who would it be? Do you know who? Oh, there's a few. Okay, you, like, you, you know, have, you know you that game agree. of who would you like to have dinner with? Yeah, yeah. I would love to have Ellen DeGeneres, okay. Michelle Obama, um, who else would I? Beyonce, oh. J Lo. They're my four girls who I have total girl crushes on. Okay, I would love to have dinner with them. Have you oh, seen the new J Lo movie? Oprah, actually, who? The new J Lo movie. No, I didn't know there was a new one. Oh, there's a new one. It's Stephanie saw it last Sunday. Yeah, it's pretty good. What's it called? Um, I can't remember. She that said it was good. a bit like Made in Manhattan esque. Yeah. Oh, you know? yeah. It's kind of cute, though. It's called, yeah, it is. Oh, I know. It's called Second Act. Oh. It's really cute. Okay. Yeah, Girl Boss Bye. I really want to go and see Bohemian Rhapsody. I haven't done that yet. Oh, oh. it's one amazing. of my favorites. Like, if you ever see me in the street and I'm in the car singing at the top of my voice, it's to Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, my God. I love it. Well, you have to go and see it then. I know. I just haven't had time, but it's 100% going to happen. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. So, Chica, thank you so much for today. That was a really, really incredible talk. I love how positive and bubbly you are. Steffi and I have actually had a very hectic morning, so it was really nice to just take some time out and actually just, like, sit and chat. You've given us so many awesome, awesome <laughs> takeaways. I'm excited to go home and re-listen and write them all down. So Good thank girl. you very much. An absolute um, pleasure. It was tr- loved being here with you both too. So good to chat to you. And if our listeners want to hear more from you or see more of you, um, they can follow you on Instagram at Chica K. That's, That's Chica is the best name, by the way. Do you know what's so funny? So Chica was Spanish for girl, and um, but mum and dad changed the the, the spelling. To the, yeah. 
I never get asked about it. And yet all my life at school, no one could ever say my name. No one understood where it came from. And then I've done, you know, housewives and everything else. No one ever says to me, where, does it, where did your name come from? Oh, well, yeah. there we go. Where does your name come from? <laughs> and, and, and the funny thing is, my when mum was pregnant, dad used to say, we're having a chica, a little chica. And then when I was born, the doctor handed me to mum and said, here's your chica. And that's what no, I got. No, that's yep. a great way to get a name. I that's know. incredible. That's funny because we have other funny things. Like we called our cousin's baby in her stomach love. Lumpy. So wasn't as cute of a name though. No, it and then the other cute. one was Snowflake. So well, I don't think those would have worked as names as well no, as Chica. Particularly Lumpy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, not great. But I feel like you were just born to be famous. Like, so your website is Chica.com. I love that. Thank you. It's like Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you have? Oh, you don't have the handle Chica. Who has the handle Chica on Instagram? C H Y K A. I don't think anyone does. I was always going to be Chica K. Okay. I just did that easier, and also too, I did it before. The whole Chica.com thing. Okay. And it was just too hard to change. Yeah. We also can't wait to read your second book, which is coming out this September. Thank Chica you. I'm occasions. excited. Actually, it's, it's a nice little... It's all on occasions, and one of them's on um, Rosh Hashanah. So I hope I've done you guys justice. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we'll have to take notes for our next Rosh Hashanah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Amazing. Thanks, Thanks girls. Chica. Thanks. Wow, that was so awesome. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. I loved getting to sit down with Chica. She really is, you know, all these little things that she says, like she has the best energy about her. And you can just tell like, you know, when some people are like crapping on about how like they're so roses and sunshine she actually means it it is so authentic and i feel like we need to give her an extra special shout out because guys things went wrong when we were recording this episode oh my goodness you're right yeah and like we couldn't get our microphones to work we didn't have the right batteries and she honestly sat there for about 25 minutes cool as a cucumber making us feel so much better than we would have if she was a total diva which she could not have been less of yeah we were so apologetic and she was like no no seriously it's fine it's fine oh my god it's so fine i get it it's fine it's fine it's fine and and it wasn't fine and i probably wouldn't have even been as cool as her in that situation so thank you chica for making that such an awesome experience 100 percent So we do have a question from an audience member today, which I am excited to ask you, Jess. So the question comes from Natalie on Instagram, and it is a simple one that we get asked a lot. So I thought we should address it today. And it is, what is your accent? Um, so our, we like to tell people that um, we watch too much TV and that's why we have a bit of an American twang, but that's just something silly. It's not true. Um, so we just... So where are we from? We're from Melbourne. Where did we grow up? We grew up in Melbourne. Where were we born? We were born in Melbourne. Okay, so it's just a Melbourne accent, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And don't know, we just speak the same. We speak like this. This is how he speaks. Stop asking <laughs> us about it, okay? <laughs> but we are not American, just to clear that one up. Our dad's Moroccan, so if you want to assume that's where we got it, he sounds French. I don't know. It's not true, though. So if you were going to assume that, it would be false. It would be fake news. So hope that clears that one up for everybody. Um, if you do want to ask us a question, please head to Instagram or leave a review um, on the podcast. Oh, you guys app. have been sending such nice reviews on our podcast. Oh my God, we've been loving them. I feel like maybe soon we're going to start like the nicest review of the week. I read them in bed last night and they gave me the warm and fuzzies. Totally. So please leave us a review. We love to hear them. Make sure you hit that subscribe button if you haven't already, but you are listening all the way to the very end. You know you want to subscribe. 
And next week on the podcast, we have the very amazing Jane Liu. So she is the founder of Shopo and just an all-round boss bitch. We are so excited to sit down with her. Actually, we don't even have a soundbite to share with you because we're in Sydney and we're interviewing her this afternoon. So it's real, real time for you guys. We're getting really like you know, live on your asses. This is a really profesh setup. So, okay, well, have a great week. On that note, we will be in Sydney. If anyone's around, come say hi. Uh, otherwise, hope you have a great week. Bye. Bye.